0: Welcome to the weekly NFL Reaction Show podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to this past week's NFL action. We will share our opinions on the NFL, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack football, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome! Welcome! To unpacking it live. I'm Bryce Johnson on this Monday following the Super Bowl. We are here for the next hour to unpack sports, faith, and life with you. We hope you'll jump in on the chat. We'd love to hear your thoughts on yesterday's game and spectacle. So many storylines come out of yesterday. Uh, we'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the players, the coaches. We'll talk about halftime, the commercials, and everything in between. We'll also on this show today. We'll, we'll have a a topic to that we call "unpack this," something that that relates to the Bible and our own lives. and And I think I'm going to do a a double topic today. So uh, there's there's a lot on this Super Bowl Monday, and and so looking forward to that. Uh, as always, we are joined by former NFL player Corey Miller as well as Luke Heaton and so we will say hello to them in just a moment. Before we do that, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? We'll go to healthmarketgenius.com, know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. So last week on Monday's show, we were all in on the Kansas City Chiefs. If you you listened to anybody all week last week, everybody was on the Chiefs bandwagon. And about Sunday morning, I woke up early. I, I had a, a thing going on at church, which was awesome. It was the Super Bowl of preaching and uh, was the announcer for that and was listening to a little radio on the way in. And kind of as the day went on, I, I realized, you know what? I think the Bucks are going to win this game. And so I texted Luke and, and, and Corey uh, yesterday a picture of of little Maddie's uh, animal cards that that has the goat. And and basically, it was like, I'm, I'm switching my pick. And so uh, we'll, we'll start there. Uh, Corey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. As I love to say,
1: this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm rejoicing, my friend. And I'm glad, regardless of the outcome of the Super Bowl, I'm still glad this morning that God touched me with his hands of mercy and grace and, and a beautiful sunny day. Finally, here in Columbia, as I look out my window to the backyard, I see the rays of sunshine. Uh, so Amen. I'm doing great.
0: All right, well, no, great to see you. And it, it was just kind of a, a crazy build up and lead up to to the Super Bowl because I, I just thought there was such an emphasis on Kansas City. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. And, and, and Corey, last week you thought they're going to blow them out, and and so that was the the feeling. And then so then what we saw last night was just sh- so shocking. And and not even that the Bucks won, but it was the way that they won and how how much they dominated. And it just it felt like. Kansas City was not themselves. And, and going into the game, I did wonder, you know, what would the, the Andy Reid son distraction, how would that factor into things? And, and, and really, how would the offensive line respond? And, and to me, my big takeaway from last night is the value of the offensive line. And the Chiefs just did not protect Patrick Holmes. They did not give him the time. The, the, the passes that he made, though, were unbelievable. I mean, they, he just couldn't complete them. Guys didn't catch passes, and, and he was running for his life. All game long, but still some of those throws i 'm definitely not here to criticize Patrick Mahomes today. I thought he did kind of the, the best he could, but the the secondary players really didn't step up as far as you know some of the other receivers and the, the running game never did enough. Clyde Edwards Alaire was okay in the second half, but there just wasn't enough from them and and so I, 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 you know of course today the, the the emphasis will be on Tom Brady getting his seventh and and to me, the fact that they did it in their first year. With Tom Brady, that's the part that does it for me. Um, because to to just transition after all those years in New England and then in your first year in Tampa Bay, boom, you do it. And and to win the last eight straight games, I thought was a big deal as well. And and so it was a little bit of a letdown of a game, but but overall, I think coming out of it, the fact that we'll look back on this one. And what it means to the legacy of Tom Brady and and what he accomplished, and then we'll look we'll factor this into Mahomes as we you know look back at his career as he's just getting going. Uh, so uh, Corey, why don't you uh, kind of jump in and what was your your big takeaway from from yesterday's game? I'm, I'm
1: trying to be positive, but the game itself was a letdown for me. You know, I was tweeting, I was on fire tweeting last night. I was disappointed. It didn't have the same feel. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or the lack of fans in the stands or it didn't have the same emotion and energy. And I know this game is, is played with passion, right? And, and I can sit back as a player and sit sometimes and look at players' eyes and just feel them. And I never felt that from the beginning with Kansas City. So I actually went back and I was listening to Boom and Booger last night And you know they start talking about boom, uh, boom. So talking about Andy Reid and his son, and what happened with that car accident, the coaches, and the five-year-old girl fighting for a life right now. Listen, that happened on Thursday. That's the day you start to transition and getting ready for a game, right? You can't tell me that that was not weighing heavy on this football team. No matter how you try to spin it, I'm not taking anything away from Tampa Bay. No, but this team wasn't ready. I told my son-in-law, I said, something's not right. Before the game, I said, this This is not right. I don't feel, and, and, and the way they was playing, the way Patrick Mahomes was sitting on the sidelines, when I looked at his face, I didn't see the Patrick Mahomes fired up, stirred up. I didn't see, you know, Tyreek Hill jumping up, having fun, loosey-goosey, the way they like to play, right? I didn't, Kelsey, Kelsey was the smear uh, image of himself. I saw him catching the ball. He wasn't taking off running like he normally does. It was like he, and they dropping passes. That tells me something. As a former player as a coach, I know the focus wasn't there. You can say what you want to. You can say I'm making excuses. No, that's the fact. That that happened. They they're not gonna say that obviously because they don't want to take away from Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. But I can almost promise you that this team lacked a ton of focus. Now that being said, they had on the field issues which when you play backup tackles.
0: Let's let's stop there. Let's stop there cuz I I think that's a, a great point and, and a great topic because I think that that was a huge factor. The the focus, there's no question about it cuz we kept waiting for Kansas City to turn it on because we have seen them put together incredible comebacks through, throughout their you know last Yeah, that's few years. how they play.
1: They played last year's Super Bowl. 49ers right? They came running back. That Ferrari.
0: Yep, absolutely. And and they, to your point, they just didn't have it. They they couldn't muster enough energy or or, or fire or anything. It just it just wasn't there. And you know the the fact that going into that game, I, I thought that was going to be a storyline. And it's so hard to quantify because. You know, going into the, the Super Bowl, you look at all the players, you look at all the coaches, you try to break down, okay, the matchups and, and, and who's going to have the advantage. And, you know, initially early in the week, I was like, all right, Andy Reid gets the slight edge over Bruce Arians. He's a Super Bowl champ. So I think if it comes down to a tight game, you know, Andy Reid will, will get the edge. But going into this game, the fact that who had the distraction? The Chiefs had the distraction. Who had to travel? The Chiefs. So there, there, and who had more injury issues? the Chiefs. So there were multiple things against the Chiefs that started stacking up and that's why going in I'm like, "Uh-oh, the Bucks might do this. This might be their chance." And then to see it to see it play out as as bad as it did though, and 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 for for the Chiefs to never show a glimmer of getting things going. The fact they didn't score a touchdown. I mean, how shocking was that?
1: Well, you know, when they got the ball into the red zone and could not punch it in. Listen, first of all, the two Offensive tackles being out, which is a huge issue. Mm. I don't care who you are, at quarterback. If you don't have time to even set your feet and go through your progression and your reads, I mean, Patrick Mahomes was on his heels all night long, not from blitzing with four. Right, and here's the thing, fans, gotta understand. If if you plan a cover two shell and Pet Street reading on my Twitter page or Facebook page, you would be like, wow, you know, Tabos, you know, he threw out all this stuff that, that Patrick Mahomes haven't seen. I went, really? All he threw out was cover freaking two, a two deep zone. Right? All they said was, my four guys can beat your five guys, and we're gonna we're gonna sit back and drop and play underneath, let you have all of that you want to. And we are great tacklers, right? We're a great defense. We got linebackers that run and hit. We got safety that'll come and clock you. So we'll let you have all that. What does Kansas City like to do? Over the top. Big plays. That's how they they, they they play. They want they want that Ferrari. And Bowser said, "No, you know what? You're not going to have that today. I've learned from the first game. Have all this you want to. Check it down, Charlie, baby. We're right. And, and so, you know, it, the rush got to Mahomes. He's he trying to throw the ball deep. He didn't want to go through the checkdowns. He had those guys. He refused to throw the checkdowns, which was a problem for me. Like Patrick Mahomes, he showed a little bit of immaturity for me as a quarterback that, you know what, take what the defense is giving you. Methodically work the ball down the field and be good in the red zone. And they refused to do that. That's stubbornness on their part because they're so accustomed to winning the way they win, right? So you get, you get in a situation like, we've been here before. We don't panic. We're going to do what we do. It's going to break soon. And it didn't. And yeah. so that's the reasons why they lost. I mean, because one, yeah, they weren't motivated. Two, offensively, they missed two tackles. They wouldn't run the ball, and they wouldn't go to check down Charlie and Tampa Bay maximize. Now, I'll say this to get out of the way, guys. The first half, I was upset. I'm always upset with any game where I feel like the officials have too much to do with the game. And I did feel like that. Now, stupid punish by the Chiefs. Stupid, line up all sides on the kick. Come on. I mean that's elementary, uh, but those holding calls and the pis or the pis and the holding calls by the secondary, you gotta let those guys play. They weren't malicious things. I mean, I'm like, come on. So and these were big factors right before the half. I mean, how many times guys trip, hit the feet and fall? Pi touchdown Brady. Uh, they interception. Another call holding. They are giving the ball back. That same drive. They going. That's a 14 point swing. And they couldn't overcome it
0: in a tighter yeah. game. I yeah, I think they would have yeah. mattered more. But but you're yeah. right. I mean, it it, it it contributed to their lack of getting any momentum going.
1: Yeah, they could not get it going.
0: And they just they built themselves too big of a and hole. God,
1: it didn't cost them the game. I mean, but no. you know, but I look at it, I go, that's 14 points though, because you take them 14 points away, we're talking about a, a, a one point game, and Kansas City gets the ball at, in the third quarter. So. You know, I'm just saying those kinds of shifts are huge in a football game. You stop them, you intercept the guy, you get the ball back. I mean, you know, they go and score. They try to run out the clock at halftime. You give up that long of a penalty. I just like you can't call that. That's just that's too ticky-tack in the biggest in the biggest game in the world because it man. wasn't
0: awesome up play. It could have gone either way, but you'd rather them just let them call. Them play yeah, say so no call let...
1: and let's go yeah. to halftime. And so, so, but again. I'm not one that's saying that's why they lost because no. you go back to the second half, they got the butts kicked in the trenches. Period. I mean, so offensive line was, oh my God. You Need know, those tackles, they're not gonna have a job in the next few days. If well, they we, do something
0: wrong. We th- I don't like I don't like to call out individuals, but they, the, the, listen, what?
1: they get paid a college. I'm with you. When you're making millions of dollars and you don't do your job, call them out. Well, oh, as, a,
0: as a Panthers fan, and you're wearing that Panthers shirt, that, that left tackle that was uh, forced to play last night, Mike Remmers, uh, man, five years later, the fact that he's still in the NFL and still playing in a Super Bowl is pretty crazy because Von Miller uh, had had his way five years ago in Super Bowl 50, So uh, when when Remmers was with the Panthers. But, uh, but that was yeah. tough. And I got a text this morning from an Eagles fan who was talking about, this is what bothered Eagles fans about Andy Reid, over the years he didn't make adjustments he wasn't a great in-game adjuster and and to your point Corey, in the in the second half they, they weren't adjusting to the defense and they were no. they kept playing their five linemen without using more of a tight end helping the block or a, or a, a running back to to protect patrick mahomes he was back there alone running for his oh, life yeah, was, that was
1: bad, man. i mean i mean you got sue they were getting pushed pushed. listen but the a defense is a really good defense we we're number one in the league with the giants what made us really good, we didn't have to blitz. When we had four studs, right, when we had four grown men in the defensive line, Leonard Marshall, Eric Howard, Lawrence Taylor, you know, the, I was an outside backer that also sometimes got in a rush. When you had guys that can get an effective quarterback without pressure oh. and you can drop seven, it's, it's going to be a long day. You no, know, no. so uh, I was shocked. I was like, you know, come on, my guys, check down. You, you know, this is like football one-on-one class right here. Hey, check down Charlie. It's five yards, six yards, first downs, keep it going. Make them come out of that. Make them bring that safety down, and now you can get the one-on-one matchups that you want. But if you're not making – it's just – I mean, you know, I don't know, man. It's appalling to me that these guys making a gazillion dollars, like this is just simple stuff, man, that, that you, you go in the film room, you go, this is where the ball's supposed to go. And this defense, this is what you got to do. Or you got a light box. You don't have eight men. You got a seven-man box. And offense should be able to run the ball all day and every day to get you out of that. That so you got to bring a safety down. So we got to stop the run. They didn't want to run the ball. Wow.
0: No, so they did not stick with it. No, it was, no surprising. Well, Luke, we haven't even uh, said hello to you officially yet, so uh, we got to let, let you jump in, man. We're, we're fired up. A lot, a, lot to, uh, a lot to get to today, man. What was your big takeaway from
2: Sunday? Yeah, I think, my, it's, uh, I think it's, I'm glad we're talking about this because my big takeaway is, uh, like you, Bryce, you have to have a capable offensive line. And Kansas City didn't stand the chance, and we didn't realize that. I mean, you, move, you lose your left tackle. You have to move your right tackle to left tackle. And then you have to move your right tackle to right guard. So Ooh. they had three; they had three out of their five offensive linemen in different positions. Which is it was down, and I even downplayed. I thought, oh well, they'll be fine. No shot. And in Cowboys fans in Dallas are like, thank you. Finally, we see another, we, more evidence that when you have when you have no offensive line, when you move players around, no matter how good they are at another position on the line, you, yeah. you can't do it. You pair that with Tampa Bay's incredible D line. And like you said, no adjustments. Tony Romo at halftime was Tony Romo was wrong in a handful of things, and that's and I'm talking bad about my boy there. Um, He's wrong but at the halftime, Kansas he said commercial. Kansas City has to go two tight ends. They have to go two tight ends help uh, chip block uh, because a clear majority of Mahomes' dropbacks, Kansas City had a five man pass block, which is an egregious error to not make that adjustment in the second half. Yeah. And, and the first drive, they started coming out running the ball. It's like, okay, they're making an adjustment. They're going to get the run game going. You have to get Tampa Bay out of two two high safeties. You can't. You have to get them out of two safeties. You have to put them in single high safety. Get the run game going, and then you can take deep shots. But Tampa wasn't forced to get away from playing two safeties the entire game. Kansas City did not put pressure and make the necessary adjustments, and, and they deserve to lose. So as much as you want to say about Kansas City players, criticism has to go to Reed and Eric Bieniemy because there's some egregious non-adjustments.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just shocked that they never had a big play. They never scored a touchdown, and that's just what we're so used to. And, and on the biggest stage where we've already seen them do awesome, we saw it a year ago, uh, they just couldn't make it happen. And I, I appreciate Tony Romo, though, during the broadcast, he kept like willing and hoping that the game was going to turn around. Oh, maybe we got a chance. And he, you know, the, the, the counting with Jim uh, Nance—they were doing their counting, so that was fun. Uh, that's why so he's I mean, earning his
2: money. He's earning his I, money, He's getting paid well. well you
1: got, you got to try game. to keep it, keep the fan yeah. in tune, You know what I mean? Like, but you know, but he's right though. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm going to my son-in-law, and like, eh, this, this is no problem. I was telling yeah, one of my pastor friends who, who recall me during the game. I am like, listen, this is how they play. Yep. I mean, they've been this way. Houston, remember that Deshaun Watson them jumped all over them, and oh, they yeah. were like boom, 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 boom. You know, I mean, San Francisco. I mean, Buffalo. They play from behind. They don't panic. You know that they're cool, calm, and collected always. But here's the thing, guys: these are this is grown man football, and any given Sunday, it, it can go the other. It, it, it can't work. I mean, but you got to think about it. They've won 25 out of 26 coming into this game. They're now 25 out of 27, guys. Think about that. In the NFL, they have won 25 out of 27 games in the National Football League. So this team is is a great football team. And and I want to talk about later on, Bryce, when we get to unpack this, about the praise. I want to talk about a guy from Kansas City. because. It's easy with the confetti falling, right? And we we doing this, the angels and all of that. It's easy to praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to give glory to God. And we want, one thing, we get all the, the great news. But, you know, what about when, you, when you're when in the eyes of opposition, when you're in the eyes of adversity or, or losing? You know, can you still give God praise? I'm going to throw that in there later on when you talk about that. Because Tom Brady, that's efficient, right? What was it, 2026, 20, oh. something like that? I mean. Surgical. But- but, but it wasn't great. I mean, it wasn't great by no standards, but you know, the thing, the biggest thing to me wasn't the, those numbers, was that the zero and the interception column? That's the big difference, right? 10 City no, defense normally makes, makes a big play in a game, but that didn't happen. He didn't turn the football over. So to me, the, the passing yards were, boom, the touchdown passes were, there wasn't nothing surgical, there wasn't nothing, I mean, it was just a, a, a route that, that the safety and the linebacker had an in and out on, on Gronk. There's a bust of coverage. I mean, you and I could have thrown that pass. I mean, A.B. runs a great route. Touchdown. You know, but that defense is what I've been saying. <laughs> For the entire playoffs, you know I've been preaching this one. Oh, yeah. I've been preaching the Tampa defense is the reason they are hoisting that trophy today. It ain't about Tom Brady. They're going to give him all the credit. He got MVP. He, I wish they can give the, the MVP to the, the D coordinator or the, the defense because that's the only reason they want. Because normally, those amount of points wouldn't have worked against Kansas City. They've been scoring 35-plus. So they shut them out. No touchdowns. They turned them over. When they got in the red zone, they picked them off. I mean, they were superb, guys. And – and I always said this, defense wins championships. If you don't have a defense in the Super Bowl, you're not going to win. Ask Dan Marino. Ask people like Dan Faust back in the day with Air Corps. Corrielle. Yeah. All that offense, right? But when it came down to it, they had no defense. They couldn't win the big one. But this is the reason. The defense, and I pray and I hope that that, that, that these guys next year get a job. I know both Todd Bowles had one, but this guy has figured it out. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, think about this and I shut up. Black offensive coordinator, black defensive coordinator, black special teams coordinator, two full-time women on that staff. Come, on, can we give Bruce Arias uh, a Hi. hand clap for getting going past the, the norm and saying, you know what? I'm doing diversity. I'm making my staff diverse. We just gonna have we we're gonna we're gonna be what it should be like. And that was a deep thing in me that wanted them to win because when I thought about Bruce Aaron and his staff, you know, left which all these guys, assistant head coach, Black, two full-time women on his staff, and they get it done with a 43-year-old quarterback, and he's 68 years old.
0: The oldest now to win. No, and, and I, I heard him talking about that, and it's not like he put together a staff just to be diverse. No, he went out and got great coaches, and he put together a great staff and Todd Bowles has shown that he's a wonderful defensive coordinator and you know he was stuck with the Jets so it's like as, as far as a head coach it's hard to really gauge you know how good he could be as a head coach and my guess really to me Eric Bieniemy should just ride it out and as soon as Andy Reid's done coaching he he become the head coach there and Todd Bowles become the head coach in Tampa Bay you may have to wait a couple of years but to me that might be your best case scenario instead of going to some franchise that's trying to rebuild I'd stick it out if I if I were both of those guys. And I know they were disappointed that they did not get a a head coaching job this this time around, but man, you're you guys are both in great situations with great well-run franchises. Even though the Bucks in recent years, you know, haven't been that great, they've shown that they can win a Super Bowl in all those years with Tony Dungy. So overall, it's still a a pretty good uh, franchise and so we we saw what they were able to do in this first year with Tom Brady. And so now it's time to give, you know, give a little love to Brady because Corey likes to downplay what, what Brady does. And, and so for me though, I thought about it last night. I don't think that we are able to recognize Tom Brady's greatness by just watching him. Like, I don't think it comes across the same way. Like when we watch Tyreek Hill, he's just so fast. So he's like faster than everybody. And then when we watch, you know, in other sports, and, and you, you see Tiger Woods and the way that he, you know, just drives the ball and hits pots, and it's just so evident. And oftentimes with Tom Brady, especially as a 43-year-old quarterback, he's not wowing you with his legs or his arm, even though I thought a couple of those throws last night were, were very impressive. But they, they weren't as impressive as Patrick Mahomes' throws that, that were even incomplete passes. And so it's almost like we, we can't even quantify – his, his greatness as a quarterback, and, and this, this is what I talked about a couple of weeks ago, that it all goes back to who he is as a leader and what he does in that locker room and the tone that he sets and how he's able to turn around an entire franchise from, from who they were last year as a middle-of-the-road type of team, I eh, can't get over the hump, to he's the difference maker that gets them over the hump. And that's what he does. And we don't know how it happens. Like, we don't know what, what took place at, whenever he was practicing in the offseason at those high school uh, fields, how he gets all those players to buy in and to get the most out of guys that, that were discarded. Antonio Brown, discarded. Leonard Fournette, discarded. Rob Gronkowski, the last we saw him, he was, he was dancing around at the mass Singer. So that, that's, who, that's who Rob Gronkowski had become. And there he was last night catching two two touchdowns. So, uh, so Luke, let me, let me let you jump in there, but, but that, that was my, uh, my, my kind of thought last night with Brady is that we, we just don't even realize what, what he's done or what he's doing in the moment. He was just in control last night, he had <clears throat> Control of the offense, control of the game, his poise, all of that filters through the the entire team. And and that's what I guess ends up being evident.
2: Yeah. I, I love that you bring that up. I think, and I, I think it would be it would be cool to get into uh, how this affects his legacy and Mahomes' legacy, because um, I have some some thoughts on that. But Tom Brady, like his this Tampa Bay team has like six – I was listening to, to the radio this morning. This Tampa Bay team has like six or seven different amazing storylines. Hmm. Like this, I should have walked into this game, and I'll admit, I was insanely wrong about this game. Hmm. I thought Chiefs would win by two scores – I thought Tampa would have to win in a shootout. I, I, had, I had no clue that the game was going to turn out this way. But now looking back, uh, you know, my, I'm an armchair, armchair All-American, easy to call to give my hot takes from my fabric uh, recliner that I was eating Doritos in last night. Uh, really, really athletic prowess uh, being shown off in my house. But I, I should it. have walked into this game thinking, this, team, this Tampa Bay team is a team of destiny. How can I pick against them? Gronk comes. Gronk is back. Who fascinating? He's the same age as Travis Kelsey, which is just sickening to think about. It is um, wild. The Antonio Brown saga, with all he went through, catches a touchdown pass. Well, Tom
0: to went through, but yeah, I hear you, yeah, I hear you.
2: W- went through all, largely by, by his, his own, own doing. doing. Yes. yes, by his own doing. But the whole the whole Antonio Brown saga, then to end up in Tampa Bay, catch a touchdown pass, and Tom to like take Antonio under his wing, and and the, Tampa Bay didn't want him, and then Tom's like, no, no, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm responsible for him. And then, like Corey bringing up, the diverse coaching staff and amazing leadership of uh, of that coaching staff. Amazing by Bruce Arians. Like, this Tampa Bay team is littered with amazing storylines. Um, one including, yeah, Tom Brady, Mr. Ancient, winning another one. Um, personally, I would love to see if he can somehow play until he's 50. I just – I can't get it. I, old man, I just love seeing it. But that's my big takeaway. This This Tampa Bay team truly is a team of destiny. I am just – I have to forgive myself for picking against them. It's just it seems. Oh, I game man. Game, right? stop, man! Ah. Stop it! I mean,
1: <laughs> you know, listen, man. The, you own what you pick, right? I own it. I always own what I pick. I asked people, "Well, you picked so, so about Clemson." I said, "Yeah, the last two years I picked that they'd be blown out in the playoffs, which I was right too." But you know, and I was wrong against Alabama three three years ago. So, I mean, it happens. I mean, we can't play. That's the thing about a fan. You control nothing. Now we can sit back and own your quarterback, but you don't know what goes into it you know i just happen to have a little bit of a uh of information to know how to work the progress what what the bus ride's like what the travel's like everything that 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 goes into planning and and how things can be swayed so you know but listen you don't know how these guys going to perform i mean winning back-to-back Super as andrew said it's not easy i mean that's yeah. The, the, just to get back there is a is a great great
2: almost honor, impo- almost you know impossible.
1: I mean? Almost impossible. So, and you mentioned Patrick Mahomes and legacy and Brady. I want to get on that ESPN with these guys so bad because they say some of the most outlandish, ridiculous, crazy stuff, and, and they don't want to argue the points. I I like I you know I, I'm a passive preacher man. I keep, but I'm gonna come hard. Jesus Christ wasn't soft, and I ain't either. So my thing is, like, listen, I told Stephen A. Smith this on his Twitter. Bruh, you take one game, and now all of a sudden, we want to look at Patrick Mahomes in a different light. You have to understand the situation. Patrick, yep. first Patrick Mahomes is what, 23, 24? Very young. Five, he's, he's young. 25, okay. This man's got, God willing, so many years left. We can't. It's not even fair. Even when they started comparing legacies, Tom Brady's been in the league two decades. But, but when you look at Patrick Mahomes, I don't care if Tom Brady was in his prime, and if I was starting a team, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes over over Tom Brady. Period, because he is a better quarterback. Now, the the, the game of football is the ultimate team sport. That's what. That's why you know, Bryce, you said not, it's not the Tom Brady thing. I get mad because. People take away what so many other people contribute to the game, and they give all the shine to one dude. Right? They give all the shine because I know how hard all the other people work. I know. I mean, what they put in. I know what they, these dudes go through. That's like that defense. Like they're not getting no credit. People are like, hey, golf clap. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, and a fierce defense. No, it should be a fierce defense and Tom Brady. Leads Tampa Bay to a Super Bowl fifty-five victory, and and, and it stills a shine. And I'm saying all of these other guys, like I love it. Yeah, Tom Brady was instrumental. In getting guys like Gronk to come, standing up for A.B., which I applaud him for doing that. Uh, bringing Leonard for Ned in, and all those other guys that he brought in with them. That's great. But listen, it, it's like Tom Brady's legacy. Yeah, he won another Super Bowl, seven out of ten. Great, but he didn't
0: do it by himself. <laughs> I know, but seven out of ten. I mean, we, I don't. We're like we like take it for granted. I, mean, I was listening to Michael Robinson this morning talking about how hard it is to win one Super Bowl, and like for him, he couldn't even comprehend winning another one. And we're talking about Brady winning seven, and now with a different franchise, a different head coach, and did it all in the first year.
1: So right, it's like the Yankees, right? People are mad at the Yankees. They say, "Oh, he bought." They say, "Oh, the Yankees bought championships." Well, you can say that for Tom Brady when you bring in all them dudes. I mean, stack your team. When they get mad at LeBron James. If this is LeBron James, everybody will be going off for, of, oh, well, if you go te- team up with Shaq or Dwayne Wade or, or this person or Anthony, oh, yeah, you can win it. This is amazing how things are flipped. The scripts are flipped. It's like Tom Brady does it. It's like, you know, it's Tommy great leadership, great this. But LeBron James do it. Oh, anybody can do that if you go team up with these superstar. Well, we got the same scenario. And he's done it with different,
0: three of them. Three of them, just, just um, like Le, LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm a LeBron supporter. So yeah, you're not you're not arguing against me on that one because to me they're the same guy as far as the the impact and the influence, and they they change everything. They change yeah, they the win, all- wherever technology. they go. Yeah. So that's. That's the yeah. and to my point earlier. Yeah. To me, Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes, all these guys physically, you know, we we see all that. and We can, it's it's it, with our eyes, we can see the way they're throwing, and they're unbelievable passers. But with Brady, we just can't we can't comprehend how well he knows how to win. That's what he is. He's a winner, like we've never seen in in the sport and really in all of sports to just be so dialed in to know what it takes to win and to get all those. All those pieces that you're talking about, Corey, they're all, they were all important. They were all instrumental. Brady can't go out there and win on his own, and I, I would never make that <laughs> argument. But but he knows how to partake or give give his knowledge and his process to his teammates to say, hey, follow this blueprint. I'll lead the way. You follow me, and this will result in winning. Well, and let me ask you this, Brian. He's remarkable.
1: If you put Patrick Mahomes last night with Tampa Bay's team and put Brady on – Kansas to that offensive line Who who's winning that game
0: no I agree I agree Mahomes was winning that <laughs> last night I agree I'm
1: just saying so it's like I'll tell the guy like this is, you say what you want to let's flip the quarterbacks. let's start a game let's start a show guys call flip yeah. the quarterbacks
0: no I no I, I agree with that point for sure but I don't think the Bucks. I'm not sure that the Bucs would have gotten this far without Brady and I and it goes back to the first few weeks before the season started. Like, I think it goes all, back to all of that. That's what Brady, that's where he made a difference on this season. Not, not you, necessarily last night.
1: Do you think, so you don't think, uh, someone asked me this question. I think it's a good question for us. Let me ask you guys this. Do you think, what quarterbacks, back or quarterbacks, do you think could have had this Tampa team with all the help that they have, right? With all the support, with all the players, take Brady out of the equation and say, what quarterback could Drew Brees? Could Patrick Mahomes? Could you know Philip Rivers? Could some of these guys been in that locker room and they have the same results?
2: I'm on the impression that you can win a Super Bowl <laughs> with a with a, a level quarterback. I, I think I think you can win a Super Bowl with a B level quarterback with a great defense and good pieces around you. Now let's for, let's not forget Tampa Bay was seven and five. It wasn't looking great, and then they got really hot almost like the the old, old giant Super Bowls the Eli Manning, like getting really hot late um, with some great defensive players. Now, of course, I don't want, I don't want to take away from TB12. I mean, and again, seven Super Bowls is ridiculous no matter who you <laughs> are. Um, and, I, and I think that's, that's my biggest point here. The, my, one of my biggest takeaways is I think we are humbled regarding our expectations for Patrick Mahomes because mm-hmm. he's 25. The narrative before this game was oh yeah he's gonna like everyone's saying he's gonna play in tons of Super Bowls he's gonna win tons of rings he yeah he's got plenty of years like Kansas City for the next 10 years maybe four or five rings no shot no shot no matter like he is amazing but you think of the it is so hard to win multiple Super Bowls you think Russell Wilson has one Aaron Rodgers one Drew Brees one Peyton Manning two Peyton Manning has two I mean, like, this idea that Patrick Mahomes is just going to keep going to Super Bowls and winning, last night, that loss is reminding us he may never get to the Super Bowl again. Odds are he won't get back. Odds are he won't win again. So this, like, it, there, it is outrageous to to be confident that he's going to catch Brady's legacy, let alone win multiple rings. Like, odds yeah. are that that doesn't come close to happening. And that, yeah, I'm a little and- pessimistic, I will say. I'm a little bit of a skeptic when, as a sports fan. But I think last night was rem- reminded me uh, odds are it, he doesn't touch Tom Brady's legacy. No, no, with the, with no, it doesn't,
1: I, I don't think you can win seven. I mean, you know, I, I think it's just too hard and I yeah, as great as Tom Brady is. I mean, listen, he, he caught lightning in the bottle with those teams of new England. I mean, it's just that they got a role where nobody could, I mean, it just went, it just happened. That very seldom happens in football. We see it a little bit here, there, but you know, it's hard to do. I mean, do I think Patrick Mahomes will win three or four? Could. If if the Chiefs stay together, the coach stays together, you know, how long? Andrew he's pretty old. So how long is he going to stay there? How long will they keep, continue to build uh, to what they're doing? I mean, they got such a great base right now. But they need they need to upgrade some defensive players. I mean, they, they got some issues that they, you know, can they keep guys together? You know, will guys leave and go want that money. So there's a lot of factors. And that's what made New England great, Bill Belichick. To me, as you know, the general managers that continued to make the right calls, bringing in the right guys to fill in, Randy Moss and, you know, Corey Dillon. I mean, they make all these. They was doing things that just, man, whatever they touched turned to gold. And, And so that don't happen a lot. You're right. So I, but I don't, I don't compare. I'm not that guy. That when I look at the player that's going to judge championships by because because to me it's unfair to me it's unfair to judge tom brady to peyton manning or or that's why people always talk about who's the greatest quarterback they wouldn't the joe montana before brady hit all these things right i played against the joe montana i played against i played some against the greatest quarterbacks of all time during my, my decade I mean, the Marinos, the Elways, the Favres, the you go on the name it, Warren Moons. I mean, listen, lot like you said, Luke, a lot of these guys didn't win Super Bowls. Does that mean only that one. Dan Marino's not a top three? Dan Marino, you kidding me? That's what I'm saying. They just didn't have the other pieces. But if I look at Dan, that's why I can say, if you ask me today, if I was starting a team, would Tom Brady be my number one quarterback? Probably not. If I was starting a team, but I ain't yeah. taking away from his legacy.
0: Yeah, and so a couple of things. One, to me, there's no – I don't have a lot of negativity toward Patrick Mahomes from last night's game. To me, he was still unbelievable. I mean, those throws – I've said it five times today. I, I still can't get over it. I mean, those are – only he can make those throws. So unbelievable. Can, can, he, can he lead a team back to the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Can he win a few more? He, it's possible he's good enough to do it. But I think we – to your point, Luke, we're reminded of how difficult it is, and everything's got to fall into place. Things out of your control, like we mentioned with Andy Reid's son, even though it was kind of in his son's control, but out of the team's control. And those things happen, and we, we see it in, in Super Bowls where teams are expected to do something. And remember a couple of years ago, the Raiders and the Bucks, and then Barrett Robbins. Remember, he got he got lost. He kind of had some, some issues take place. He was down in, in Mexico. That was a big distraction for the Raiders, and they got blown out in that game. So, so things happen, and so that's why after last season when the Chiefs won, it was, are they going to win five, six, seven, ten Super Bowls? And it's just not the case. Just like when LeBron went to Miami, it was still impressive that they won a couple championships, but the thought that they were going to win seven, it's just too difficult. And that's why we love sports, because it is so hard, and that's why Tom Brady, we can't, we can't compute seven out of ten, because it, it, it is too difficult to compare the winning what we see with the winning
2: yes um, and, and and to Corey's point like tom brady could very well be the goat but he also might be the loat, the luckiest of all time to to, to achieve you have to luck into great situations the because Lote. last night the last night no matter what quarterback you put on kansas city no shot they win offensive line they're too banged up no matter what quarterback you put back there kansas city could not have won and, and, and Mahomes has lucked into a great situation as well. That doesn't take away from his talent. And I agree with Corey. You can't judge greatest of all time all by championships because especially in football, being such a team sport, basketball, less of a team sport, you can have more individual impact. But football, you can't, you can't compare greatest purely off the
1: game
2: because it, you, I, I, again, last night, a, a, an injury on the offensive line changed the entire game. Mm-hmm. and if if that if if that is if it's such a team sport in football like it, championships take real luck real great uh opportunity and then yeah you got to execute but you, gotta man, get the break. you you have to have luck yeah. it's it's if you get the
0: balls you got all that factors in no no question about it so uh man we could break down the, the the game all day and and you know i i think it was uh it was a little bit of a letdown but still you know so much uh just enjoyment to see what the bucks were able to accomplish. I guess that, that was my, uh, my feeling afterward. It's like, man, you know, I was bummed that it wasn't closer. It didn't come down to the wire, but you see the, the joy that, that Brady had with his kids and that, that was special. And, and, you know, the, 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 the coaching staff that Corey mentioned the, the way that Bruce Arians came out of retirement, put that, that staff together at this age, you know, 43 year old quarterback, a lot of cool things. So, all right. I've got two unpack this thoughts. And, and I think Corey is even going to add a, th- a third kind of angle to this. So we love talking sports here on unpacking it. So if you're just tuning in, uh, we also talk faith and, and, and love to to see the parallels in sports and how they relate to our own lives, how they, they relate to our, our faith. And I, I wrote about this, this goat uh, topic before I've written about it a couple times actually, but, but it pops up again today because you'll hear the word goat a lot. I even started the, the show talking about my little daughter, Maddie has all these animal cards and we got the goat and you got the, the lamb and the sheep or whatever. So uh, I, I sent the goat uh, picture to Luke and Corey over the weekend, but, uh, but anyway, the, uh, the, the question, you know, who is the goat? And it's so interesting that that something in us, we just want to know the answer to it, or we like to debate it, and we talk about it with LeBron and Jordan, and now we're talking about who's the greatest athlete of all time, and is, is Tom Brady now the greatest athlete of all time? I'm not really willing to go there, but, but that's, that's this, this conversation, and it, it, we never really get a true answer. As much as everybody wants to, to just, like, settle it, and well, Tom Brady's the go, and, and people just want us to all buy into that, even though I think there's a great case for it, we still can't quantify it fully. But anyway, this, this question actually pops up in the Bible. And, and so what's so interesting is while, you know, Jesus was here on earth, he had his disciples and they're doing great ministry and they're, they're spreading, you know, the, the good news of, of who Jesus is and, um, and, and doing miracles and, and all that. And so in, in Matthew 18, it says um, uh, about that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And and so we all kind of wonder about this. We wonder, Okay, who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? And, and they wanted to see, you know, where they stood in line with one another. You know, they wanted to, to, to maybe take the claim as, as being the greatest um, and, and where they stood in, in Jesus's eyes. And so he, he quickly, squa- Jesus quickly squashes their motivation and says this. Uh, Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And so for us, you know, today, I I appreciate greatness. And as a sports fan, I I mentioned this last week, you know, you look at my wall, I've got Tiger Woods and Kobe and Jordan. I love as a sports fan, seeing guys, you know, maximize their, their talent and and put together incredible accomplishments and and you know Tom Brady winning a seventh and and so from an athletic perspective it, it's cool to see to see greatness but i think we have to to wonder in our own lives you know we we're trying to be i want to be the greatest podcast host or the greatest devotional writer and that's fine i want to work with excellence and 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 put together a a great show each week but but we're motivated oftentimes by the wrong things and what we think is is great in in our lives and 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 this you know word from from jesus being like children the humility the full faith you know i look at my little 18 month daughter and she you know she trusts me and she reaches out her arms for me and 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 it's you know a level of of surrender knowing that that i am uh her dad and in charge of the of of her at this point to keep her alive and, and all that kind of thing but in life so easily we get caught up in you know, our own pursuits and and wanting to be great in the world's eyes, and we want the applause, and we want the acclaim, and we want to be considered uh, great because of our big house and our our title at work or what whatever it is, and and we just have to consider what it means to be humble, what it means to uh, be surrendered to to the Lord, uh, to be um, uh, to recognize our weakness, to recognize our brokenness, and to recognize the the greatness of Jesus. And the need that we have for him and that we're nothing without him. And, and so that that's that's where I my 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 heart goes today uh to 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 check my own humility and, and hopefully that's encouraging to uh, to people listening today as, as you hear the goat debate and you hear that word thrown out there and and just ask yourself, okay, what is greatness? What what am I chasing after? What what really is great and, and what does it mean to really be a great servant? For the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's that's what it's all about, uh, and and it starts with a, a humble heart. So, uh, Corey, I'll let you uh, I'll let you jump in and take take it where you'd like to today.
1: Well, yeah, it's great great stuff. I mean, uh, all I kept hearing, you know, that song whoever it was wrote about, I'm the greatest. You know, uh, I'm the greatest. I forget who sings that, but but you know. <laughs> That's some I, I, good
2: vocal cords. That's some good vocal <laughs> cords right there.
1: Thank you, sir. I had to warm these pipes up. But anyway, you know, I think success is awesome. You know, we're driven by success, right? We, and I think it's great. You know, I I, I live my life that way. I want to be the best. I'm, because it's in me. God instilled me to to I, listen. I'm probably the, the most competitive person that you ever meet, Tom Brady. I'm competitive too. <laughs> I hate losing more than I like winning. I mean, I do. I don't like it. But that's what drives me, right? And and now I've I've channeled that as the Bible says, in all things give glory to God. When We do whatever we're doing, whatever whatever job you're, you're doing, whatever your sport, or it doesn't matter. I'm doing it now to honor God. I'm doing it now to give Him the glory because He is deserving of the glory. So as you said, Bryce, I, we as Christians need to operate in the spirit of excellence. We should want to be champions. We should want to be be the best that we can be. Listen, I, I always said I don't think God cares about a football game, but I know God cares about those people that's playing in the game. Right. And I know God can use the individuals, whether it, they, they, they're in confetti or in the locker room with their head down, that God still has a purpose and a plan through victory and through failure. Right. And, and so my point was to what you were saying about, you know, the glory. I love what Tyron Matthew said. He 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 gets out there and he says, I still give glory and honor to God, even in loss, even in defeat, even in shame, even in suffering. He says, I still give glory and honor to God. Now, I, this morning, when I read that, I go, wow, it's easy when confetti is falling, it's easy when you got a promotion. It's easy when things in your life is going great to say, bless God. Oh, oh, how are you doing? God is good all the time. You know, we all we got all these sayings, right? And but can you still say it? When you're suffering, can you still say, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be on my lips or in my mouth? Can you say it in defeat? When can you say it when confetti's not falling on you? You know, when guys score touchdowns or, or, you know, you you don't like field goal kickers, Bryce, but my boy, you know, he he, he gives God the glory when he makes his 52 yard field goal. Come on, Ryan, suck up. Give him some glory this morning. You know, former game cop, (laughs) you know, he sticks his hands in the air, right? And a lot of players are give God. But do you ever see them do that when they bust the coverage? <laughs> do you ever see the quarterback do this when he, when he throws an interception or kick and say, hey, praise God, even though I missed it. God, you get the glory. But see, I think God loves it even in our failures, even in our shortcomings, when we are not successful, when we're not a Super Bowl champion. Can we still bless and praise God? And 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 you still should be driven to be successful. You still should be driven to, to be the best that you can be because God wants you to be the best. He says, I want you to have the best. Like it doesn't mean that you're gonna get everything that you pray and ask for. Ain't a name and it claiming it ain't a thing it. It gonna fall out of the sky. But I believe God wants us while we own this earth to experience greatness and good things. And but you know what? If not, I can still give him the glory. I can still praise him because I can look around as I shut up here. My pastor said something. We looked at a Compassionate International video where these people just got a little box of food, man. And this touched my heart. This touched my heart. And and these people got this food, and they were just shouting. This woman, she shouted, and she was just praising God, her and her little family, in this little dark hut, whatever they were living in. And it just made me think how... We are full of pride, then we don't really realize how I'm full of pride. Like, you know, we go to the grocery store and get grapes and everything we want. We, You know, we don't really think about it. We're supposed to have that stuff, right? We're supposed to have, you know, I, I, I switch cars and trucks like this sometimes just because I want to. I, like, man, I got to be more thankful. I have a I need to have a heart for gratitude because when you look at people in these other countries to get a little box of food, some rice and some clean water, right. man, these young people bless God so much. So listen, whatever, like Paul said, whatever situation you find yourself in, he knew what it was to have plenty. He knew what it was to be in lack, but he just learned to be content. But in all things, he was gonna be praising God. So I love what you said today, B. That's just a, just a reminder of yesterday for me that I need to be more thankful and more a heart of gratitude, because Jesus Christ is the greatest. He is the goat. The that's goat. True. The that's goat true. died. The goat got up out the grave. That's why I don't take sports as really, you know, I don't. I don't look at a man and say, oh, who cares? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, will that goat stand before Jesus Christ and say, will He say, well done? Because that's what's going to matter. Will this goat stand before the for the real goat and say? You know, I ain't going to be about, well, I played all these years in the NFL. That's oh, right. a, I was all conference right. player two times. I was a player of the year at South Carolina. My son was a captain of Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, I want him to know me. I want him to know you. I want him to know my that, hey, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. You can have the GOAT status because it don't matter.
0: That's right, no, and Luke, you can jump in and and yeah, just this idea of even what we think is successful or what we think is is greatness. yeah, when we stand before the Lord, a lot of those things I mean they just don't they just don't matter. <laughs> oh, man, look at my res- look at my resume, look at this re- and, and, and and praise God that it's not that way because otherwise we'd, we'd be striving and and trying to to earn our way uh, and so that's why we rest in the the grace of of Jesus and what he did mm-hmm. on the cross. and so he's the one we surrender to, and he's the one we humble ourselves. Before. So, uh, so Luke, why don't you jump in, man?
2: Yeah, I, I love talking about humility. uh we, we always talk about in sports a game within a game. And I think uh, the big game as Christians is, I mean, Hebrews 12, running the race marked out for us with perseverance. The game within the game is trying to become more humble within that overall race. I feel like I'm on a con, it's like constantly up and down, up and down, pride, humility, pride, humility. Amen. And What's what's helped me the most is just an eternal perspective. So I love what Corey's talking about when yeah, when the people we name as goat go before the real goat in Christ. I mean they've got they've got no shot in comparing to the glory of Jesus. And 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 when I think for me to be humble, I really fix my eyes on what eternally really matters, what actually matters. So right now practically I'm planning my wedding right now. A lot of stuff. And uh, there's like a worry in my head. Okay. What if this goes wrong? What if this goes wrong? What if me and my bride walk out to the dance floor and this, our our first song doesn't play technical malfunctions. And I'm thinking, does that really matter? Like if I really understand I've been saved from death to life, who cares? Who cares if something at my wedding goes wrong? Like that seems really drastic, but that's like, (laughs) that's a legit eternal perspective of really who cares if, if, I have been saved from death to life and I pray constantly, God, help me understand that and love that more because that is an unbelievable reality that a perfect God would die for me and save me and Mm -hmm. rescue me. And if I really understand what eternal death and separation from God is, to know that I've been gifted life and rescued from that, oh my gosh, all these worries I have, all these things I try to take take pride in, they crumble. They don't even Mm -hmm. compare. Um, So I think there's just that eternal perspective has really helped me because it's really reminded me, man, so many things I think matters don't, you know, I mean, they don't, they're they're worthless. They're worthless compared to this eternal rescue I've had. Really, really,
0: really good stuff. And that that hits home. And I think a lot of people can relate to the wedding stuff, things, things that you think matter that day, that's for sure. That's Double why I should go
1: to the justice of the peace.
0: <laughs> what, hey, we you,
2: we've had many jokes that are becoming more serious about eloping, man. Oh man. <laughs> hey, take the sick listen, Luke. I
1: know you haven't known me for about eight days. No, I'm kidding, but take the money and run. <laughs> take the all the money and go. You and your, your soon to be wife go, man. We're somewhere with beautiful blue waters and, and, and dolphins and whales are jumping. You know, you can sit listen, bro. Believe me, all the headache, all of that. If you get your wife to buy it to her to say, "Honey, listen, we get a good store, we get a house, we make down payment, we go on a trip." Because the wedding about it is that everybody else looking to say, "Oh, what she cute? Oh, they don't care about you, Luke. They be oh that dress? Oh, they don't care what you wear.' You I know, can like, walk in there with hey, pajamas on. They don't I want care. Someone
2: <laughs> to tell me I look real nice in my name. <laughs> I'm not getting no credit for how handsome I'm, I'm looking right you, now. You
1: get zero credit,
2: dude. <laughs>
0: I, I, swapped, I swapped jackets with my brother midway through my wedding because the button snapped off. So, oh. Yeah. You, know, you never know what's going to happen. You didn't but, lose uh, the weight,
1: no.
2: Bryce. You're supposed to lose. I, he's been hitting chest day right. too much. His back, his back were really, were really, were really, stuff that
0: day. Yeah, a lot of push-ups. A lot of push-ups leading up. I was actually as skinny as can be my, my wedding day, and it's been all downhill since then. And thanks to uh, <laughs> last night's Super Bowl food. Guys, I got to share this with you. So, a very encouraging word. I appreciate uh, both of your thoughts on that. And, and as you hear the goat word today, uh, hopefully you'll think about what is the greatest, what really matters and what does Jesus really say matters. And so hopefully that's uh, that's something to think about today. And also we, we're not, not going to have time to get to my other topic, but I'll be writing about it for the devotional today. Unpack this. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to that, check that out. Unpacking it.com. We take a current sports story related to the Bible. I write Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Corey does a video Tuesday, Thursday. And so, we just want to be an encouragement to you uh, each day of the week. And so uh, at least the weekdays, weekend, we'll uh, catch our breath. But, uh, but hopefully you're subscribed to that. And uh, you can also see that content on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel as well as Facebook. You can like uh, our Facebook page. And so today I'll, I'll, I'll end up writing about what does it mean to, to praise Tom Brady and what does it look like in our own lives to live a life of praise and worship uh, and so sometimes I think we have to get to the the core and the heart of that. So we'll we'll take a look at that today. We'll unpack that. But speaking of food, so last night I got to share my menu with you because it, it came out well. So we had uh, little uh, pretzels, uh, you know, the little soft pretzels with homemade cheese dip, which was fantastic. We had these little croissant pizzas, and then we had buffalo chicken dip, homemade peanut butter cookies, thanks to my mom, and we had cupcakes with. Buccaneers and Chiefs frosting on top. It was tremendous. I I'm ate salivating, the first I'm salivating half right now through through halftime. Through halftime, and so uh, yeah, I kept an eye on the weekend a little bit. I know Corey, you didn't care for him much. I thought the one song that I know, the I can't feel my face or whatever.
1: I like the weekend.
0: The weekend, you know, our little oh, half uh, that you love so listen, much.
1: Man, I, I didn't really. I can't tell you one commercial. And I definitely can't tell you about the weekend. Praise God for Monday that we can get rid of the weekend. Because what I, the little bit I watch, I'm like, who is this dude, and what is happening? What is uh, going on? I mean, that was a waste of money. That's we'll a waste of money.
0: money. I'll give you that. I will give you that. But <laughs> you got to appreciate the, the the art
2: and all that. I don't know. It's fine. I think I, I didn't really
0: okay. care that much about it. I was pretty neutral about it.
2: The older I think, the older I get, the more it's like it's some. It's, the great thing about Super Bowl halftime shows is they've turned into, okay, they'll they'll create some great memes. We'll have some good laughs. But it's not about the performance, really. It's about that we can laugh about it. And and a, a meme came from, and they're like, you know you've gotten older when you hate the halftime show. Yep. So, like, I just love the oh, halftime oh, show. Oh, oh and you called me old. I'm, <laughs> not saying I, I'm not saying I loved it. It had, it had some some weird, like, o- like, Olympics opening ceremony vibes. I don't know yeah. what was going on in the background. Um,
1: and a dude can't see
2: yeah, it, it, was, it was it was it was unique. I thought was
0: all, right. I thought was all right, my
2: highlight from the non-football action was the Matthew McConaughey ad where he's walking around like super skinny, like you can't see him turn sideways with the new Doritos commercial. I particularly loved that because that's how I looked in seventh grade. I was flat, I was flat Stanley. You couldn't see. I mean, if I walked outside flat on a windy Stanley. day, I'm blowing up in the clouds. I was 6'1", hundred nineteen pounds. I mean, whoa. whoa. What? six 119. Yeah, and they Dorito, put me in the post man. in basketball. I mean, I would have had welts trying to body dudes in the paint. and I, I stood no chance. So I, I love the the indirect shout-out from Matthew McConaughey giving me some love in that commercial.
0: <laughs> so I love Matthew McConaughey. I, I thought that commercial fell, fell a little flat.
2: Nothing? O- nothing. Overall, the Super on, Bowl give commercials seemed to, seem to be trending downwards. I, I honestly did not
1: watch one commercial. And listen, I'm kind of like old-fashioned – I'm a foot. I like the X and O's of football. I'm. I love. I'm a purist, I'm gonna be honest with you, but my wife is extroverted. Imagine that. And and I'm just kind of a fuddy dead type dude, man. And I don't get. I don't really. I don't know. I like they all. You want to sit out and watch the commercials? No. Do you want well, to sit out? With,
0: during, what are you doing during the commercials? I'm some my, booty and
2: the blowfish. Uh, exactly. Some booty and the blowfish and some football. That's all he needs. Exactly. I mean. <laughs> Listen, I went on
1: by my back porch and I, you know, I talked on the phone to my pastor friend and I was because I wanted to analyze. So that's because All I thought about was a game. And of course, the fish. Ate. I was going, you saw me on Twitter. You know what I was doing on halftime. Oh, so I don't it's care about the commercial. commercial. <laughs> I don't care about the weekday weekend. That I was like, I heard two minutes. So I was like, OK, that's it. And then so I can't. Who is this? And so I I start analyzing, man. I I don't I don't like all that stuff. I I just I like coming to America. Nutty Professor Fred, Sam, or Sappinger Son, I, Archie Bunker. I like old stuff, you know, good times, you know. And I like pops. This <laughs> thing called Pop Watch that I watch on YouTube by the old grumpy grandpa. That's why my grandkid Ava gonna call me pops. You know, Pastor Payne pops. <sighs> I'm the old grumpy grandpa, but that's got a little bit of funny to him. That's who I am.
0: I love the nutty professor. That's the line of the day. Oh my Somebody God. call my name. Oh, that's good stuff. That is rich. Well, so here's here's my relationship with the commercials. So I am the king of the DVR. And, and so for many years, I worked the DVR and always had limited capacity uh, because that was just the technology. Well, now with YouTube TV, I have an unlimited DVR. So I DVR everything. And so I, we don't have time to talk about the Duke-Carolina game today. Duke lost it was a bummer. I'm a Duke fan. Carolina was just tougher and stronger and better. But I, I DVR'd that game. I'm not watching that game at 6 o'clock. So anyway, I skipped through commercials. So I watched that game in like an hour. Um, and so normally I never watch commercials, like very rarely. On Sundays during, you know, football season, I'm watching the Red Zone channel with no commercials. But when it comes to the Super Bowl, I actually sit down – And, and digest the commercials. And so it's kind of refreshing. I'm like, oh, let's see. I like to appreciate the creativity. So I'm looking at, okay, you know, what's the message? How creative were they? Man, I can't believe they came up with this concept. This was a bad concept. This, that didn't work very well. So I have a little fun with it in between the, uh, the action. So my favorite one, I think was the Cheetos commercial with Ashton Kutcher. Uh For one, I love Cheetos. I actually just bought a, a bag of Cheetos on Saturday because I normally I don't do a lot of the grocery shopping, but when I do, I get some Cheetos. I actually got the off-brand, but uh I gotta save some money. But but anyway, I love I love Cheetos. So I love the Ashton Kutcher commercial. That was probably my uh, my favorite. And then I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. The fact that Jason oh, Alexander yes looked different though. Looked pretty skinny. Oh,
2: skinny yeah, Jason. Yeah. Uh, some See, that, I'm, cast, I'm that, that cast that didn't seem to to age well. It's uh it's 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 tough i'm so i still watch reruns all the time on hulu and seeing them i was like i still envision them as they're still in the 90s but yeah i love that and uh, that was that was such greatness seeing yeah jason alexander commercial out of nowhere i would have i would have never guessed that
0: yeah out of nowhere and it was good like for tide like that was a good commercial for them so yeah. Uh, so anyway, I thought so, I actually th- I w- I thought this year's commercials were better than recent years. I-, I found a handful of them that that I thought were like, yeah, that was that was pretty good. So uh, so anyway, get on oh, Twitter, sorry.
1: man. You got to got to break game down. You got to argue with people. That's that's the fun of it, right? <laughs> you know, not the commercials, man. It's like I, listen, my phone right now is still. I got people blowing me up right now, still talking about last. It was going all night long. It better I mean, not be I, talking about the refs. Get over get the over refs. There. I, I, want, I want to get at these folks because I'm gonna go back and try to answer all. all right. There of them. you and go. I, I can't find my face when I'm with you. Hey, that's hey song. now. Dude, love <laughs> it. <laughs> it. That's all I heard. <laughs> yeah, You'll be singing it. it all day. Oh, uh, I song. can't find my face when I'm with you. I mean, <laughs> so good. Come on, man.
0: So good. That's a good song. That's a catchy <laughs> song. I got to admit, that's a catchy song. I'm
1: yeah, yeah that's why. That's what here. I heard. That's what I heard. And I was like, you can't find my face because I'm on the porch.
2: Corey, would you tune in for a Darius Rucker halftime show, or would you be Ooh, worried that it dude, would I would him? be
1: like, I do I would be right there. I mean, sitting. I would be so, me and my boy D. Rucker, man. You'd be in the background. You'd be in the background, in background <laughs> we start singing Let Her Cry. Man, when, <laughs> listen, I, I have a concert in my house. My neighbors would probably be mad with me, because, I, I mean, I'm telling <laughs> you, if they wanting to blow Blowfish or Darius Rucker or or, you know, some of my other country buds, you know, I'm I'm all in. Uh, yeah, I like country. Yes, I like country. I don't like like a lot of rap. I like Christian rap. I don't like the regular rap. My son's a DJ. He plays his music. I, I have to pray for him and lay hands on him and probably need to put some anointing oil all, all over me because what is this you listen to? You know, <laughs> so I like country. I like Christian rap, and I love contemporary worship music. I listen to it all day long, even when I work, work out.
0: And he watches Nutty Professor and Archie Bunker. So there's Corey Miller, everyone. <laughs>
2: He's well-cultured.
0: And, and Luke, you're <laughs> up for his wedding. We're going to let you get back to wedding planning and, and figuring out how you can elope. Uh, Call
1: me, Luke. Call me, guys.
0: I'm Bryce Johnson. I'll be playing with <laughs> the, uh, the goat cards today. And... Uh, Check out Unpack This later today as I'll be uh, sending that that email out so you can subscribe on unpackingit.com. We will be back next Monday. We'll talk more of the off-season NFL topics. We'll we'll finally get a chance to talk a little NBA. Uh, Luke and Corey are NBA fans, and and I'm a huge NBA fan. So a lot there, college basketball, a little bit of a letdown. uh, Talk about Saturday night, man. No Cameron Crazies at Duke. Come on. I need the Cameron Crazies. Give me some fake Fake sound, even. I would have taken hey, fake Cameron crazy sound. Hey,
1: hey big, can, can I just quickly plug my lady Gamecocks and UConn tonight, baby, in stores, Connecticut, the number one-ranked Gamecock women's basketball team on the road. Yeah, this is a big-time game.
0: Soak it in. All right, guys. Well, have a wonderful day. <laughs> As always, we wrap things up. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news. that died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join us as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your week. If you want to join us on the Unpacked lunch on Wednesdays at noon, shoot me an email, Bryce at unpacking and find us on social media throughout the week as well. We love hearing from you. Have a great rest of your day. And we will talk to you next time right here on the unpacking it live podcast.